I'm Sophie Brennan, and this is SEO in 2023. Sophie, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? So SEO in 2023 should be all about the user experience and streamlining this at every touchpoint of the user journey across multiple forms of searching, so video, content, and images all combined. It's all about the users and about satisfying their intent in the quickest and easiest way. And UX and SEO are going to be more combined than ever in order to achieve this. So a prime example is looking at visuals and how important these are gonna be, particularly for e-commerce sites. With multimodal search on the horizon, images and image quality are going to be hugely important. So they need to be high resolution without impacting site speed. They need to be properly optimized, have proper alt and title text and attributes and be really visible on multiple devices and screen sizes, which a lot of websites do struggle with at the moment. All of this is going to play a really big part in picking up traffic in the future across different types of searches. There's a lot of talk about the next generation of searchers and how they want to get access to information quickly and easily without really reading reams and reams of content. So all of the talk we've been hearing about TikTok as a search engine more recently. Multimodal search is going to be a big player in that with the help of Google Lens in particular. So we've definitely seen some really interesting things from Google Lens since that was introduced and how this is developing over time. We've also got the helpful content update, which is rolling out currently, which could have an impact on all of the sites that have loads and loads of content, but none of it's actually that helpful. And maybe an image or a video could be more helpful for that particular subject. So as you can see, everything's going to need to work a lot more closely in the future and user experience is going to be a big part of that. Lovely. Okay, well, multimodal search is certainly a, a phrase that jumped out. So I guess, can we clarify for SEOs exactly what that means? I mean, for instance, um, are we talking about someone searching on Google and Google displaying results in, in multiple forms? Or are we talking about users themselves using different types of platforms to do searches depending on what precisely they're looking for? So it's a little bit of both. So the way I like to describe multimodal search is more around the way searchers are searching for things. So that's using multiple platforms, but also using new technologies in order to do this as well. So I mentioned about Google Lens. So the whole purpose of Google Lens is that you basically take a picture of an object or maybe you're looking for a dress or a type of shoe, something like that. And then the picture will basically bring up all of the different types of search results. And you can look at information about that particular thing. You can go shopping with that particular thing. You can just see videos around it. There's all of these different types of results that will be displayed based on that image. So if, taking the shoe example, if you had an e-commerce store and you were actually selling shoes, perhaps other clothing items, and you wanted to optimise for more progressive forms of search like that. How could you actually optimise your existing content to try and take advantage and perhaps even future-proof the way that your results appeared in search uh, engines? So I think going back to the basics is really important with this. There's not so much in terms of information around, is there a particular way you can optimise for multimodal search? Are you going to have to do certain things in order to be visible? But making sure that the images are of the highest possible quality. So if you're taking a picture of something, your image is, or your product is what's going to be showing that it's most visible. Making sure that it loads quickly, making sure it loads on multiple devices. I see this all the time on e-commerce sites where depending on if you're on an Android or you're on an iPhone or desktop, laptop sizes, screen sizes, the images just 
move around like or they're just not quite the best resolution you can't really see what you're trying to purchase mm -hmm. so just really reining it back into that more user friendly side of things and just being on top of the latest developments just being experimental with what you're doing making sure your alt text and your title text are really well optimized for the types of things people might be searching for but without going overboard with it you're going to need to do a lot of experimentation over kind of the next few months next few years while this really starts to develop before we really get an understanding of exactly what you need to be doing. But the basics will always apply. Okay, so staying on optimizing images, are you saying that um, it's best to use a CMS that will perhaps automatically create images in multiple different sizes that are optimums for, for, for different platforms and, and deliver the best version for whatever device people are, are viewing the image on? So that's definitely one way to do it. It's also really important that you're doing more of a manual test as well. You can't always just rely on automation. A lot of CDN platforms, uh, so such as Cloudflare, will also be really good at being able to do that for you. They can import and export the images and show the images in certain formats, certain sizes, dependent on the devices. But again, just making sure that the original image is of a really high quality without impacting site speed. And this is the important thing here. And I don't want people to take my tip away and go, great, let's get loads of high res images all across the site. And then everything slows down and we can't actually access the site in the first place. It's all about finding that balance. And roughly pixel size, how, how would you define a high res image? Again, it's very difficult to say exact numbers with that because a lot of the time people will say, oh, a high res image is a certain number, but actually it's not always the case. It's about how it displays. So it's again, testing, making sure that you've got that experiments going on. Understood. So if the image doesn't take up the whole page, then a higher image, uh, res image could be 600 pixels if it's just a small section of a page. And um, if it's the whole page, then obviously, if it's any less than 1920 by 1080, then it's not good. Or, or for the full screen, test, test we, would you <laughs> test and test again? Okay, could be 4K, but the answer is test. <laughs> see what, what people <laughs> exactly. like. See what Just make sure it doesn't slow it down. Okay. Understood. Now, you mentioned video content and images at the beginning there as well. So maybe let's turn to video now. How do you optimize video for better UX and, and how does that actually improve your SEO? So that's a really interesting question. And I think a lot of this is developing with the multimodal search and everything that's going around that. So a lot of the time, ways that SEOs approach SEO is let's write reams and reams of content. So hopefully the helpful content update is going to have a bit of an impact on that and the way that people are doing that and not just pushing out loads of content for the sake of it. But there's lots of research that shows that people interact very well with video. And in some cases, a video might actually show more to the user and actually be more aligned with their search intent, depending on what the subject is. So again, similar to kind of images, the way that you'd look at optimizing a video would be around the descriptions if you're looking and uploading it to YouTube or if you're embedding that into your website, making sure that it's tagged correctly, making sure you've got all of the information that Google needs for that. There's actually a new Search Console report that has started to roll out that is starting to pick up whether or not videos are being indexed. Now, I haven't actually dove too much into that myself yet, but that's something that is another indication that videos are gonna be more important moving forward and that Google's paying a lot more attention to that. And we can see that in search results too. You can see whenever you're putting a search, you don't really get 10 URLs there anymore. You get images, you get carousels, you get social media posts, you get featured snippets, you get knowledge panels. Being able to be aware of all of these things and what's ranking, how it's ranking, is gonna really direct your strategy around that. But 
users generally are interacting very well with video. It shouldn't be something that's disregarded just because you feel like maybe Google can't read it. If it's good for the users, Google's going to start to prioritise it. Is it worthwhile having your own self-hosted video nowadays or using a, a service like Wistia so that video can only be viewed on your own website, Vimeo as well? Or is YouTube the all-encompassing beast that you just need to embrace and uh, you need to embed video from YouTube on your site and that will perhaps give you a better opportunity of also getting organic traffic from YouTube itself? Yeah, I think YouTube is always going to be a big player in the market. And again, with the way search results are, you can see Google does prioritize YouTube quite rightly, and as it would. But there's that site speed factor in there as well. If you're embedding the videos, then it's going to have less of an impact on your site speed than what it is hosting the actual video on that page individually, unless it's done through kind of a third party. So it totally is that testing side of things too making sure you've got that experimentation, seeing what works better, seeing what engages, like what your audience engages with in a much more kind of faster way, as I guess, as well, just making sure they're able to get that information as quickly as possible. I love how your answer to most things is test, test, just to find out yourself, yeah. because <laughs> it, it, it's a much better answer than it depends, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing as well. We can give all of the tips as, our, as experienced SEOs and seeing what we know works or what we have seen works on certain clients. But every website ultimately is different. Every Every website's audience is different. Being able to take what you feel will work based on your knowledge of the audience and just trying it. That's always the best way with SEO. And it's how I've learned a lot myself in terms of optimizing performance. It's just trying things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we just can see the direction that Google's going in with the multimodal and having all of this different types of multimedia on the site. It's all moving towards strong user experience, way more than it is some keywords in a piece of content. So just understanding that and trying out all of the different ways that you feel you can satisfy your user's intent and what your users are going to best engage with is the best way to approach any kind of strategy. So the form of content that we haven't really talked about so far is good old-fashioned written content. So what are Google looking for now in written content in its ideal form? And how do you deliver great UX through written content? So I'm a big fan of content. My whole background and before I even got into SEO was as a content writer. So I'm always a big fan of words, ultimately, more than anything. I have seen the way people write content and Google's understanding of what is good quality content evolve in that time. So in the last six, seven years, it's changed quite significantly. And I feel like maybe people haven't necessarily evolved with that because there is still a lot of keyword spammy content out there especially around things like small businesses with location pages, for example. Let's look at, I don't know, Glaziers in Essex, Glaziers Suffolk, Glaziers Reading, wherever it is, people will just start putting that those kind of terms regularly within the content because they're like, great, this is what Google likes. It's well optimized. This is going to work. It's not really how it works anymore. It's, again, going back to that user intent. Knowing a topic, being an expert in that topic and in that field is vital. So we've got the EAT guidelines. We know that. We know that that's something Google's looking at. Not necessarily a ranking factor, but a good indication of what they see as good quality content within the search quality rater guidelines. But having really comprehensive content around a subject that you know is going to engage your users and is relevant to what you're offering, so whether that's a product or a service, no matter what industry you're in, making sure you've got strong authorship and the people who are writing that or who are checking that content off, whoever that content is going to be associated to, is also going to be a strong signal and is also really important because, and 
moving more into health finance the industries that typically impacted quite heavily with big algorithm updates that are content focused it just showcases that expertise even further i also am a big fan of making sure that we're not just putting 750 words 500 words a thousand words just because the seo told me to do so on say an e-commerce category page having a big chunk of content right at the top and people can't even find the products that they're looking for It's about that balance. And again, I'm a very big fan of content. I don't think content's ever going to die out, but we need to understand the audience. We can see with users of things like TikTok, I'm not a fan of the platform myself. I don't actually use it, but the Gen Gen Z generation, millennial generations and beyond want information quickly. So big rooms of content aren't necessarily going to help. The way I typically will focus a content strategy is understanding my audience, knowing who I'm trying to target what kind of stages of their user journey I'm trying to target, being really available at every single touch point of that consumer journey as well. So having content that is focused around their kind of their issues. Ultimately, people will search for something when they've got a problem or they're trying to find something, they understand what that is. And then every single point of that journey through to the point of conversion. People are spending more time reading content, looking at reviews, watching videos, doing comparisons more than ever before because they've got access to all of this information. So being available at all of those different stages, but balancing what that content needs to have based on that journey. So would you really want a whole PDF document, massive, huge ebook at the point where people are going to convert? No, you want them to convert. You want them to see the big USPs of the company. You want them to see why you're better than your competitors. So that's the kind of content you'd want at that stage. But maybe if they're not quite sure what their problem is or they're kind of trying to understand what they need and obviously you're trying to offer what they need, then maybe that's where more of the informational content is going to come in. So content will never die, but just making sure that it's focused on users. So going back to my first point of user experience and SEO, it's just going to be side by side moving forward. Now, something that's been part of SEO ever since internet marketers knew how Google operated is links. Now, is it possible to improve what you're doing from a links perspective, from a UX perspective as well? That's a really interesting question. I think from a UX perspective, it's very difficult to align that with links, so to speak. But what you can look at is your creative content, having really strong creative content that is really user-friendly, that acts as an asset. And that's the kind of thing that people will naturally want to link back to anyway. So things like really strong video content, that's going to be really great for user experience. But if it's a really valuable asset, it provides a lot of information, then you might find as part of a digital PR campaign, that's going to be a really valuable asset to drive links back to the website. So it's finding that balance, again, the testing process that I mentioned there, but Links isn't going to be something that dies out anytime soon, but how we build those links and how we gain those links is going to be something that continues to change with things like digital PR over time. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? So this kind of goes off of what I was just saying about kind of the helpful content update and what kind of content we should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. And hopefully, fingers crossed, the helpful content update that Google's rolling out currently is going to be a good part of this. But don't just push out content for the sake of it. Don't just try and chase trends. Don't just try and be 
going viral just because something major is happening in the world when you don't actually know what you're talking about with that subject so don't just push content out for the sake of it don't keyword stuff content and it sounds like really basic advice but this is the kind of stuff we're still seeing day to day maybe it will eradicate over time we we will hope so and a lot of SEOs are hoping this is what this update is going to bring but we are still seeing it so in 2023 let's just make sure all of our content is really hyper focused on our audience what they're searching for don't just push out content for the sake of it Sophie Brannan is Client Services Director at Absolute Digital Media, and you can find her over at sophiebrannan.com. Sophie, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.